This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 7th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. So, who's ready for the dog day? of summer. Frankly, I see no signs of those here. I'm as busy, busy, busy as ever. And while the calendar says it may be vacation time for some, my vibe senses anything but a quiet summer ahead. And that's okay fine by me. Switching gears, I hope you enjoyed last week's conversation with Dr. Noah St. John. It was something a little different, as it's not every day that we hear from accomplished authors, keynote speakers, entrepreneurs, coaches, and mentors coming to us from outside the world of franchising. But what Noah is peddling applies every bit as much in the franchise world as it does in any entrepreneurial vertical, franchised or otherwise. So, I hope the take-home value was there for you as well. This week, we feature a rising star of franchising, and this one, too, comes with a twist, in that while the brand I'm featuring today, Pet Bar Boutique, is a young, emerging brand with fewer than 20 operating locations, my guest is the very seasoned, highly competent, and experienced Greg Koffler, serving as Pet Bar Boutique's Chief Development Officer which will in and of itself raise the bar, in my view, of how this brand will continue to roll out for success nationally and beyond, should they choose to go international. It's no secret that people love their pets. And that's why Pet Bar's leadership says that now is the perfect time to join their pack. As a $95 billion industry, the pet industry is bigger than ever, and trends show that it's not slowing down. Whether you're in need of a new career path or just want to diversify your business portfolio, if you love dogs, Pet Bar can help you find a plan that works. And at the conclusion of this week's interview, stay tuned, because subsequent to the completion of my conversation with Greg, I've actually had the opportunity to immerse myself in the pet parent experience at Pet Bar Boutique's Roswell, Georgia location. I'll tell you more about that after we hear from Greg. Greg Koffler, Pet Bar's Chief Development Officer, right here in two minutes or less, following this quick timeout. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Franchisors of restaurants, bars, and grills, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. If you're looking to engage guests, elevate profits, and enhance your customer experience, Atmosphere TV is the answer. What's Atmosphere, you ask? Atmosphere is the world's number one streaming TV service for businesses, here to help you make more and save big on overpriced cable packages. Atmosphere provides you with a free programming option, bringing more than 60 ultra-engaging audio-optional channels designed to please customers and increase their average ticket. So, how does it work? Well, it's easy. Upon sign-on, Atmosphere sends you a free device loaded with over 60 channels of eye-grabbing entertainment. From news and sports to viral videos and fuzzy animals, every channel is family-friendly and designed to keep your customers happy and engaged. Plus, thanks to Atmosphere's 100% audio-optional format, the programming is perfect for any setting, no matter how loud or busy. So, stop playing and paying overpriced cable. Go with free TV in 
instead. Just go to atmosphere.tv forward slash sign up and use the code FRANCHISE and Atmosphere will waive the usual one-time $99 activation fee for your free-to-stream device. Visit Atmosphere online at atmosphere.tv and remember, use the code FRANCHISE to waive your one-time activation fee. Visit atmosphere.tv to elevate your franchise's entertainment experience today. How often do you hear me talk about how common it is for those of us in franchising to switch jobs, change brands, or even product categories? But how on every step of our journeys, we collect people, the good people we meet in our world of franchising, those who know how to do it right and then do exactly that. They do it right, creating win-win transactions for all that have the good fortune of meeting them. Well, when Dan and Ashley O'Laughlin opened their first pet part boutique, company-owned location in Dallas in 2015, they no doubt had no idea how different scaling their business would be from operating it. Fast forward the tape to the opening of their second company-owned store on their way to embarking upon franchising in 2022. Now, with some 17 locations open and more on the way, they have, in their infinite wisdom, added a seasoned franchising professional to their team in the name of Greg Koffler, and he's here to tell us all about it. Then, remember to stick around after the interview. That's when I'll share my own amazing pet parent experience to the conversation. Greg Koffler, welcome back to Franchise Today. Thank you, Stan. Pleasure to be here with you again. You've been part of the old friends and family routine here for quite some time, Greg. In fact, you've not just been friends and family of the podcast. You've been friends and family of mine, as well as FRM Solutions. So we've kind of been intertangled as we are wont to do in the franchise world. We change shirts, but we collect people, right? Indeed, we do. And it's it's a rare thing, but it's such a, a wonderful community and made amazing friends over the years and wonderful connections. And, and I count you amongst one of those friends, Dan. So thank you. And we've been through thick and thin, as is the story of life, right? So Indeed. why don't we do this as we do all the time? And although you've been here before, there could be a great many people listening to Franchise today that might not have caught one of your prior episodes on our podcast. Greg, take us back, if you will. Take us back to how and when franchising found you, what you were doing when that happened. And let's start there. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, thank you. So uh, franchising found me at the beginning of 2008. I had uh, been in the mortgage business prior to that. I, I owned a mortgage brokerage. And uh, if you remember back that far, uh, things got a little sideways in the financial markets. A little subprime time? Uh, that was exactly right. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we, it was a good time to get out of the uh, the mortgage business. And uh, a dear friend of mine and, and mentor, Jonathan Benjamin, was at the time working for a, a, a franchisor called U.S. Franchise Systems based in Atlanta. And they were hotel franchisor. And uh, he, he convinced me to come in and, and, and meet uh, meet with some of the principals and uh, with the understanding that this may be something I want to do in my future. And so I did. I came into Atlanta and, and met uh, met some really incredible people. And uh, they made me an offer. I joined the team as a, as a trainee. And six months later, after training was over, I was out in the field selling hotel franchises. Did that for five years. Ended up at Wyndham Hotels because Wyndham had purchased U.S. franchise system shortly after I joined. And then uh, uh, had the opportunity to get into the, the restaurant space, which was really exciting for me. And went to work for a corner bakery cafe, ended up running global development for, for those folks for almost five years and had great success with that brand. And I had stopovers at 
Smashburger for a bit, ran global development for those folks. I was chief development officer at Orange Theory Fitness. And then I found myself back in the restaurant space with Johnny Rockets, um, with Paris Baguette, with Roy Rogers. And today I find myself in, in a consulting role. And one of my clients is Pet Bar Boutique. When you talk about Corner Bakery, that kind of harkens back to the point that I made about we change shirts, but collect people. You and JB were together there again. Isn't that a fact? That's correct. JB was the one who brought me over to Corner Bakery. And then he left shortly thereafter. After to pursue a different opportunity, and uh, I stepped up into uh, into the vice president role. And it's just a small world as to how bridges get built, because I know you through Jonathan Benjamin, and he's been, like you, a member of the friends and family here for probably 10 plus years at this point. So time just flies when you're having fun. <laughs> it sure does. And it's funny, right? Because if you look back to it, in 2012, um, my, where, which is when I started at Corner Bakery, we actually brought FRM systems into the brand as our CRM provider. That's correct. And that was a JB decision and with a great deal of influence from you yourself. I know that you've been a, a loyalist to the FRM products and always happy to have you find a new home because typically when that happens, FRM finds a new home too. <laughs> Indeed, they do. <laughs> That's right. Well, we, we remain loyal to those that provide great service in terms of a platform, great customer service, and why reinvent the wheel. So now you're in a consulting role and you're working as a third party to an up-and-coming brand that is probably still in the emerging category. How many are open right now? Yeah, so right now there are 17 franchise locations and two company stores that are open. And of course, we're talking about Pet Bar Boutique, which is something a bit different than your big box pet stores that most people are used to experiencing. So why don't you give us the elevator talk about the brand in terms of the consumer value proposition to begin with, and we'll take a deeper dive into that as we progress. Yeah, no, absolutely. So from a consumer perspective, it is a boutique operation, you know, 22 to 2,400 square feet typically. And one of the points of differentiation is that you're able to go in and either schedule a wash for your pet where one of our, our washes will, will wash your pet, or you can have your pet groomed as well. You also have the ability to go in and wash your own pet. Uh, we'll set you up with a station, the sink, the towels, the shampoos, everything you need to wash your own pet. And the great part then is a membership driven model. And so for a certain amount of money each month, you get X number of washes, and whether that's you do it yourself or, or one of the washers does it for you. So that's really the, the value proposition for the consumer. And you know, trying to get an appointment at one of the big boxes can be difficult, can be onerous, but here it's a really simple process and it's a, it's a friendly atmosphere and it's just been an unbelievable success so far. Well, tell us about the story of the brand. Take us back to its beginnings and where it started and how. So it was started by a husband and wife team, Dan and Ashley O'Loughlin. It started in, in Dallas, Texas in 2015. They, they opened their first location in Highland Park, uh, which is uh, just across the street from the SMU campus, which is where uh, my daughter is, just finished her sophomore year, as state would have it. So they opened the first store in, in 15, and then... Uh, they opened a second store in Dallas in 2020. And both stores were, uh, and still are, tremendous successes. And then in 2021, the first franchise location opened in Conroe, which is a suburb just north of Houston. Uh, and then in 2022, 17 additional franchise locations were opened in, um, in Florida, in Arizona, South Carolina, Missouri, Texas, and Georgia. And so the brand is now off and running 
and be more thrilled to be a part of, of their growth. Where was store number two? Store number two was is also in Dallas, called the Devonshire store. So yeah, both uh, both of the company stores are located in the in the DFW market. And so what do you attribute the early stages of rapid growth to? What were they doing that took them from one and two company stores to about 17 lined up for franchises in such a hurry? Yeah, so listen, the pet grooming industry is big business, right? It generates pet grooming alone and pet services without vet because there's none of that in the boutique, generates $11 billion a year in top-line sales. 66% of U.S. households have at least one dog, which equates to roughly 89 million dogs. And so the market is, is big, and the idea that a boutique operation is there where you can have your dog washed or groomed and not have to deal with one of the big boxes had great appeal. And so Dan and Ashley caught lightning in a bottle. The two company stores, again, do very, very well. And so the next iteration in growing the brand is the franchise model. I'm curious, do you know what their background was before they began this venture? Yes, they were in the health club and tanning business. Well, I would suggest that there's probably several common denominators to the success of this business model as those businesses also very much on a subscription membership type of basis. Probably a lot of the same disciplines that lead to success there were brought along for the ride here. Well said, Dan, absolutely. So now they've brought you on board as a third party, as a consultant operating in a chief development officer role. And what is it you're going to bring to this party that's going to throw fuel like rocket fuel on the gas pedal? Yeah, so what, what I bring and, and you know, Stan, I, I have a, the, the playbook I've used at, at a number of different brands. You know, franchise sales and franchise growth begins with lead generation, begins with telling the story of the brand and generating leads for franchise sales. So we put in place a strategy and the tactics around that, uh, around the storytelling, around the lead generation. And that hadn't happened prior. The franchise deals that were done prior were essentially word of mouth and folks that had gone into a pet bar and, and liked the concept. And so now we're looking for a more sophisticated franchisee, a multi-unit operator that would add pet bar to its existing portfolio of other brands, whether it be restaurant or service industry, it doesn't matter. As long as they have the infrastructure to support another multi-unit brand within the portfolio. Of course, leveraging my network of folks that I've done business with over the years of my career in franchising. And really, it's just an overall strategy and, and execution around that playbook. And also bringing in the, uh, the real estate aspect, site selection as well. And so, yeah, that's what we're looking forward towards the future. And so far, it's been a great beginning to this year. Tell you what let's do. Let's grab a quick break right here. When we come back from that break, I want to dive a little bit into what's happened with the canine population following COVID, because I really think that what was probably a booming business already, while others have struggled post-COVID, I'm thinking there are probably a whole lot more homes with pets and dogs in it now than there were this time, maybe three years ago. But let's hold that thought, take a quick break, and we'll be back with Greg Koffler, operating as Chief Development Officer for Pet Bar Boutique. We'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zor Forum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zor Forum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zor Forum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. 
In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zor Forum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zor Forum. Learn more at zorforum.com. That's www.zorforum.com. And the conversation continues today with Greg Koffler, Chief Development Officer for Pet Bar Boutique. So we've got a relatively new brand at a time where there's been a lot of contraction. Here comes a brand popping out through the ashes of COVID and pet ownership during COVID. Greg, I'm certain just you've got numbers that would probably support it, but I know that everyone was acquiring dogs and staying home and adopting animals. What's that trend look like now? Yeah, so that's true, Stan. You know, during COVID and the uh, the lockdown that ensued, there was a lot of folks out there that were sheltered in place, lonely. We lost human interaction by design, oftentimes, right, depending on the market where you live. But certainly, pets provided an outlet, a connection, if you will, for us. And we know that without specific numbers around COVID, we know that there was a big spike in dog ownership during those years. And that certainly played into the success of Pet Bar Boutique because folks want to groom their pets. Their dogs need to be bathed. It's hard to do at home. Certainly, you can't groom your dog at home unless you're a groomer, and most people are not. And so there's the opportunity to grow this business. And I will tell you, 41% of dog owners spend between $500 and $2,000 a year on grooming and washing their pets. It's It's a booming business, and it continues to grow. And year over year, Year, we're seeing 10% growth in the industry in terms of top line spend. And this business with grooming and grooming only is probably a much different kind of investment. What kind of, you said you're looking for multi-unit, but what kind of investments are multi-unit operators interested in this concept going to need to bring with them? And how large opportunity are you offering? Where where does it start? Can you be a single unit operator and be successful? And how big do you get if you choose to grow for an empire? Yeah, well, certainly we're being opportunistic around the partners that we bring on now. And if the right partner comes to us and is a single unit operator, no problem. We will do that deal. In terms of multi-unit operators, it really will depend on the market that they're in. We will work with them to determine the number of units that can be successfully operated within that market. And certainly we're very, very aware and specific around cannibalization within a market. And so we're going to make sure that when when a market is being built out by a multi-unit operator, that these stores will have every chance of being successful in a market. We'd rather have a fewer number of stores with great success than a larger number of stores that aren't quite as successful. So that's the philosophy that I'm bringing into the brand. So on a go-forward basis, Greg, a multiple question here, two-part. Are you going to facilitate this growth with the utilization of any franchise sales organizations and or any brokers? Yes, no to both. And if so, why so? And if not, why not? Sure. So uh, I understand the value that FSOs and, and brokers bring to emerging brands. But in this case, we're not going to go that route. 
Dan and Ashley had gone that route earlier on and found it not to be uh, a great success, which is where I came in. They would rather have one individual with my kind of experience, my background, my network to run the franchise sales operation and take a more traditional role of using PR to tell the story, to generate leads, and then have me work the leads and build rapport and get deals signed, then rely on the SSOs or the broker network. So they're counting on me to go ahead and, and, and accomplish all of that that a broker or an FSO would. What about from a marketing perspective? You told me that the concept was born in Dallas. I'm familiar with another canine concept that was born in Dallas called Mutt's Canine Cantina. Have you heard of them? I have heard of them, yes. I just wonder, would there not be some kind of a cross-promotional opportunity for people who bring their dogs to a dog park like a Mutt's and they get real dirty and they need a bath? To do cross-promotion yeah. with a concept like yours has got to be an yeah. idea worth pursuing. Uh, certainly, Stan. It's a brilliant observation. And yeah, the the, the marketing team and, and Dan and Ashley are always looking for synergistic opportunities because yeah look pets get dirty they do things outdoors and they love to roll around and that happens right so you don't necessarily want to bring your your dog home in that kind of condition but yeah no i I understand that completely and yeah there are synergies out there and and certainly dan and ashley the marketing team pursue all those opportunities so how large does the market get i mean here in atlanta you've made an introduction actually i'm going to get to meet the people who have a store right almost down the street from my home how many operators do you see in a market like atlanta or does does one person kind of acquire all of the, the marketplace or a chunk of it? Yeah, so it's going to really be, uh, again, going back to the opportunistic kind of strategy where if it's a single unit operator and they have a great market like Roswell, Georgia is, then great. We get a large multi-unit operator that's looking for a piece of the Atlanta DMA. Then we carve out a portion of it and let them develop X number of stores in Y number of years, right? So it's really going to depend on the capabilities of the specific partner franchisee that'll determine the number of units they develop. So, Greg, tell us a little about who it is you'd like to see. I mean, I understand it's multi-unit, but what does somebody have to bring with them? And then what's the profile of your ideal candidate? Where are they coming from? Yeah, so the ideal candidate comes from a number of different places, right? But the core of, of our ideal franchisee is love and passion around dogs. Right. That's where it begins. Because if you don't love dogs, if that's not a passion of yours, I don't see you wanting to do this business. Right. Because you will be surrounded by dogs from the time you open to the time you close. So you have to love dogs to actually get into this business. Right. So that's where it begins. And beyond that, of course, we're looking for business acumen, financial wherewithal to be able to develop a, a location. And then if we're looking at multi-unit operators, we want to make sure that they have the passion that we're looking for. And of course, the desire to, to just grow this business along along with us. So what's a day in the life look like for a typical franchisee? And how different will that be when you've got a multi-unit operator versus a single unit operator? Yeah, certainly. So if you look at the, the single unit operators right now, hands-on, right? They're, they're in the in the stores, managing the operation, interacting with the customers, interacting with the dogs. Now, of course, when you look at multi-unit operators, they're going to bring in the general managers, the district managers, as the brand continues to grow within their market. So it'll be more of a hands-off as it is with the other brands that they operate. We all know how multi-unit operators work. They're overseers. They have their, their infrastructure in place. 
from uh, from top down. And so, yeah, it'll be a different experience, certainly for the multi-unit operators as opposed to the single unit. But at the end of the day, it's about caring for the, the dogs that come into the location and ensuring that the pet owners are satisfied with the service they receive and they're going home with their pet and everybody's happy. So, Greg, you know that most of the time we feature brands that are well on their way at the enterprise level. Every month or so, we try to get an episode in a franchise today on the rising stars of franchising. And we'll certainly put this interview into that category. You're bringing with you a great deal of past experience, but you're bringing it to a very young brand. And the audience for franchise today is comprised of people very, very similar to Pet Bar in that most of our audience is emerging franchise or executives. And I'm going to ask you before we end here today to impart some wisdom of experience of many years beyond the lifespan of Pet Bar. What do you share with this audience of emerging Zors? If they do nothing but this, it will have been worth getting introduced to you today. What would it be? Yeah, it really revolves around passion for what you do, a belief that you are aligned with the direction that you want your life to go in as a franchisor and the ability to share that passion and that alignment with your partner, right? You have this vision, you opened a company store, two company stores, perhaps more company stores, and you see that it's successful. And now you want to share that in that success with partners, with franchisees. And the ability to do that is, is incredible, right? If you look around at every restaurant, every hotel, every car dealership, these are all franchise opportunities that someone took advantage of. And somebody was the brain trust behind the, the origination of that brand. And so stick with your passion, build your business, bring on great partners, treat them well, and make sure that the partners you bring on are treating their customers as well as you would treat your own. All right. I've got one more tough question for you, and it'll be the next to the last one. You ready? Yes. What didn't I ask you today, Greg, that you might wish I did? Oh, Stan, you know, the thing is about these podcasts with you, you are so in touch with the right questions to ask. And you do such an amazing and thorough job of it that there's nothing I could possibly add to the questions that you've asked. Well, thank you, kind words. Why don't I then ask you, if you would, please, to share information about how you can be found again and those interested can learn more about Pet Bar Boutique. Yeah, certainly. So the website is petbarfranchise.com. My email is greg, G-R-E-G-G, three G's, at petbarfranchise.com. Yeah, please visit the website. If you're interested, fill out a form. It'll come right to my email and you will hear from me in short order. And speaking of hearing from people and things in short order, I told you at the top of the interview that I'm home today and UPS or Amazon coming down my street might have introduced my dog to the doggy interview, but he chose to stay silent. So I'm thanking him for that. This would have been the interview though. This would have been the one. If it had to happen, it would have been a good one to do it on. <laughs> it would have been perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you coming back and visiting with us again, Greg. And Pet Bar Boutique is lucky to have you. And I hope that the world and the consumers that and canines who enjoy the experiences of being on the membership lists of your boutiques all benefit from the fact that you're bringing a new twist to an old business and one that's going to get what you need done a lot quicker than you might otherwise. I know how long I wait for Brand X to give me an appointment. I probably could have used a second grooming by then. So mm -hmm. I can't wait to give this a try myself. Yep. You have a new home and just down the street from you in, in Roswell, Georgia, and they will take wonderful care of your dog, Stan. And thank you again for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Dan and Ashley appreciate it. And really, really grateful. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for joining us today. Greg Koffler, Chief Development Officer for Pet Bar Boutique.
Well, there it is, another fine conversation headed into the archives. But before we pack it in for this week, let me add my two cents to Greg's. I had a phenomenal experience at the Roswell, Georgia Pet Bar, and moreover, so did my dog, Jack. He didn't give me the usual show of frustration about being left there that I'm used to seeing when I bring him to the big box stores for grooming, nor was he in a hurry to leave when I came back to get him. This place is amazing. Each dog is groomed in a room reserved for them, and them only, not the typical circus of six tables, groomers, and dogs in one common area. It's a much different vibe, too, from the actual groomers, who seem to really love working there, and it shows, both on their faces, as much as in Jack's calm mood when I came to pick him up. So, last word for the day, many thanks to Marie Stevens, owner of the pet bar in Roswell, Georgia, and while I try keeping politics on the back burner on Franchise today, my many thanks, too, to Jack's new personal groomer, Jennifer Trump. So, there you have it. Until next week, when I come back and we do it all again, I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.